All right, today is October 31st, 2021. We're in the unit still on letters to the Ephesians, or the letter to the Ephesians. And uh, today it's about the great mystery of grace. And so we have taken prayer requests. I'm going to ask Brother Mickey if he's going to lead us in prayer for those. Father, we do thank you for the day. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your strength and your presence. Lord, we pray today, Heavenly Father, that you would be with us as we look into your word together. Lord, we lift up the needs of the body of Christ today. We pray especially for Hendricks, Lord, that you are ministering unto us this healing process. Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this successful surgery. We ask now that you would continue that presence and the anointing upon him, Heavenly Father, that this tumor would be completely healed, Lord, and that the strength and the presence of your Holy Spirit would rest upon him. Lord, we lift up Betty Porter unto you today. Lord, and ask your hand to be with her. Lord, as she goes through chemo, Heavenly Father, give her strength in her body and bless her with the anointing presence of the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct and to strengthen. We lift up Shirley Thomas unto you today. Father, and ask your hand to rest upon her. Give her strength in her physical body, but more than anything, spiritual presence of your Holy Spirit dwelling within her to strengthen and encourage her, Heavenly Father, to keep up the faith and to stand firm on the foundation that she has been built upon. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence with Chris. Lord, we ask you to be with him. Lord, and encourage him, Heavenly Father. Lord, we know that he is seeking and searching. Lord, help him to see the vision of your love and your presence and of your power to heal, to guide, and to direct. Lord, we lift up Dennis unto you this morning. Father, for a complete healing in his body. Lord, may the presence of your Holy Spirit flow through his veins, Lord, and giving him peace, rest, and comfort in the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for touching Mary Lou, Lord, for giving her strength. Lord, we thank you for the healing process that is in her life, Lord, and for giving her the encouragement of your presence and your love. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, we give you praise and glory. Now, as we study your word together, help Brother Philip as he brings the message unto us, Father, this morning, we give you praise and glory for it. In thy name, amen. Amen. Praise God. So as we mentioned our Lesson is in Ephesians 3 today, the great mystery of grace. Uh, I overslept last Sunday, so I didn't get to teach last Sunday, but I, I appreciated Sherry and Larry and filling in for their part of uh, presentations, and uh, I'm sure it was good. Uh, so I'm going to look at a few verses there in the second chapter uh, before we get to that, uh, of course, the most famous verse, I guess, in the second chapter is the eighth verse. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So there's no way we can work our way for salvation. But then it goes on to say, after we're saved, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And also it brought out the fact of the breaking down of the petition between the Gentiles and Jews. In verse 14 it says, He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us. There was actually a real wall of petition in the temple where there was a court of Gentiles and they weren't allowed to go inside the temple. They were outside that wall of petition. So literally there was a wall of petition, but when Christ died on the cross, he broke down that wall of petition as far as Gentiles and Jews. And in Christ, there's neither Gentile nor Jew, male nor female, bond nor free. So we're all on the same level there at the cross, thank God. And so he is our peace who has done that. And um, we can be thankful for that because we were all Gentiles, really. Uh, we weren't Jews. And so if it had not been for Christ and him coming and breaking down that wall of partition, we would be outside of being able to be saved. And so thank God we were born on the other side of the cross and not the uh, Old Testament side of the cross because only those that were in covenant relationship with God were able to be saved under the Old Testament covenant. But um, he goes on to say, now you are no more strangers, foreigners, but now fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So my brother and I are always discussing the lesson on Saturday nights, and uh, he said that the Lord kind of showed him that we are not to say we are Gentiles anymore because he has broken down that wall and he has made us no more strangers and foreigners. So we are believers along with the Jews and um, there's no Jew or Gentile in the kingdom of God. We're all believers in Christ and so that, that's good. I'm glad he shared that. And uh, I've been watching and listening to this uh, teacher over in Oklahoma. I told you about this Lee Feldrick that's been really emphasizing the difference between uh, the Old Testament and the, the apostles, the 12 apostles, and of Paul and how that the gospel of the kingdom, I mean, not the gospel of the kingdom, but the gospel of grace was brought to Paul. And uh, this is what uh, our lesson is about today, about the mystery of the gospel of grace. And this uh, Feldrick, he, he is a real good teacher, all right. Uh, I found out he died last year, so I can't contact him. But anyway, 
Uh, he's real good except on Pentecost. He doesn't understand Pentecost, so he's, he says, you know, that tongues ceased when the, the Word of God came into print and all that. But <laughs> that's kind of a Church of Christ doctrine. Uh, but anyway, in our outline for today, we see that uh, their key verse is Ephesians 3.19, which states, To know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And our central truth is God's grace makes it possible to know the love of Christ. And uh, so we can thank God for his love and for his grace. <coughs> but it's been a mystery. And I'm, I'm going to pass out these uh, handouts here that Carol was so nice to copy for us. <laughs> and uh, we're glad to have Carol with us today in the class. And we see that um, there is that word mystery a lot that we find in the Bible, and especially in Ephesians, you'll find that word mystery. And the concept of mystery, or something that is secret or hidden, appears throughout the Old and New Testament. And uh, in the Gospels, the concept of mystery is often found in the parables of Jesus, for instance, and also Paul spoke to the concept of mystery in his epistles as seen repeatedly in Ephesians as well as elsewhere. And so another name for mystery would be secret. And uh, there's a verse in Deuteronomy that I wasn't able to locate, but uh, it's there that talks about how that the secrets of God are hidden with him. And so... Uh, on this chart here, I kind of uh, copied this from Feldrick again. Uh, from the Old Testament to the cross is what the uh, Jews believed. And then Jesus ascended, and they believed then the tribulation would come right soon after his ascension. And then his second coming would come, and they'd go into the millennium. So there was uh, something hidden from the prophets and uh, the Old Testament saints. Between here is what we call the dispensation of grace. Or another word for that is the church age. And so uh, the, this wasn't revealed unto the apostles until Paul came. And God revealed that to him as he talks about there in Galatians. If you flip back to Galatians, the third chapter, not third, I think it's second. No, it's the first chapter, right. The first chapter, Paul was giving his uh, 
story and testimony, and he said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the brethren, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood after his conversion there on the road to Damascus. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia, or the desert area, and then returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see, the, to see Peter and abode with him a few days, that about two weeks. But other of the apostles saw none save James, the Lord's brother. So he's, he is letting us know where he got this revelation of the church age and the uh, mystery of grace from Christ himself. Because he said, flesh and blood did not reveal it to me. But I went into the desert there, and for three years he was taught of Christ. And Christ revealed these things to him. So he would say in Corinthians and other places, what I have received, I give unto you. Because he received that message of the church age and dispensation of grace. And only Paul really talks about what the body of Christ is and the bride of Christ. The, uh, the other apostles were still with this uh, graphic where they felt that the second coming was going to happen in their lifetime and they would go into the millennium or the kingdom age. So what they preached was the gospel of the kingdom, but what Paul preached was the gospel of grace and of uh, what the church is, that it's the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. And uh, so he said there in Ephesians 3, that we'll read uh, 1 through 6. We'll let Sherry start us off here. 3, 1 through 6. All righty. So for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it is has been now been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. And this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles and are are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of Christ Jesus. All right. Thank you, Sherry. So he is saying there what we said, that in the ages past, they didn't know about this dispensation of grace and, and the uh, church age. It was hidden from them. And even when 
Jesus was here on the earth, he, he did not preach about the dispensation of grace because he was still made under the law, and so he, he preached the kingdom message, you know. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so he preached the gospel of the kingdom. But it wasn't until Paul received the revelation from God that he realized that there's this gospel of grace. And he also explains what the gospel of grace is. And in uh, 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, the 15th chapter there where he said that this gospel that I preach unto you is the fact that Christ died for our sins and that he rose again and is coming back again, of course. Uh, so uh, the apostles didn't really preach about Christ dying for our sins because one thing, of course, he hadn't died yet when, <laughs> when uh, they were there with Jesus. But uh, Jesus tried to tell them that he was going to die, but they didn't understand him. Again, it was hidden from them. God hid it from them. And as Felder points out, he said that if, if they had known that he was going to rise that third day, they would have all been there at the tomb. But no, they were hiding because they didn't know what was going on because it had been hidden from them. And uh, so uh, it wasn't until after he rose again that they realized what he was talking about, you know. Uh, so in previous lessons, we've explored the fact that all people, Jews and Gentiles, stand in need of salvation. So in this lesson, we're exploring our role in making this message known to those who have not heard the gospel. And so we must keep in mind the value and glory of the gospel now and forever. Because mysteries have always been a favorite form of entertainment. I don't know if some of you like to read mystery novels, you know, uh, if, that are always interesting to see how they turn out. Paul used the term mystery or mysterious to describe the things of God which are far beyond human understanding. The mysteries of God will be a lifelong pursuit as we seek closeness with him. And so that's one reason the Bible is so relevant in all ages, you know, because you can receive revelation from the Lord as you read the Bible that uh, you hadn't thought of before. And... Uh, it's been a secret. Okay, then we come to uh, Ephesians uh, 3, 7 through 13, where uh, God's revealed plan is revealed. Uh, Kay, would you have that? Get the mic to you so it'll get recorded. <laughs> I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. 
His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with wisdom and with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So again, he's repeating about the fact, you know, throughout the ages it just wasn't known, uh, but it had been revealed unto Paul. And uh, so he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles, or the uncircumcision. When it says circumcision, it's usually referring to the Jews and their covenant relationship with God through circumcision. But uh, when he talks of the Gentiles, it's uncircumcision because most of them had not been circumcised in the flesh. And, of course, that was a, a controversy there with Paul, with the Jewish people that they said, well, if the Gentiles are getting saved, they need to be circumcised, you know, because they want to put them back under the law. And so Paul says, no, we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. And uh, so he mentioned that fact that... that uh, he was suffering a lot for that reason that he was teaching, you know, God's grace and that circumcision isn't necessary or being put under the law isn't necessary for Christ fulfilled the law. And it, what's fulfilled doesn't need to be anymore because he did say it is finished when he was on the cross talking about the law. And so we're not under the law anymore, we're under grace. But we still keep the law as far as the moral law because if you love God with all your heart, you're not going to have any other gods before you. You're not going to bow down to any gods or idols. And uh, that is one reason why God couldn't really accept those Gentiles at first uh, during the Old Testament times because they were all uh, wound up in idol worship. And uh, idol worship will not go with God because he is against idol worship because he is the only true God. So it would take conversion on their part to turn away from idols and turn on to the living God. And that's what Paul and um, his associates we're preaching the fact that they need to turn to God. Uh, so he said, in him we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this, oh, I, that's where it stopped. Okay, we're ready for experiencing the fullness of Christ's love. We'll let Brother Mickey lead us out there on 14 through the rest of the chapter. Verse 14, 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being grant, rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to this power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church of, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Will, just telling us that uh, actually this is his prayer, and maybe we should be praying the same prayer today for the church, because he was praying at that time for the church, the early church, and it has not changed since, since then. We ought to be praying for the church, not the Assemblies of God or the Baptists or the Presbyterian or, or oh. the... The church that believes in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, Redeemer of all mankind, born and raised from the dead to deliver us and redeem us by His grace. Amen. Good comments. Anybody else have a comment or question? I took this, Eric, right here on 14. And uh, I put, I changed it to His glorious riches to I'm talking to Him, your glorious riches. All right. And you may strengthen us with power through your spirit in, in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep, you know, is the love of Christ. So I took that, and I read that often because, like you said, it's what we pray. That's what we should pray today. It's we. More and more and more that we should have the fullness. So that's what I did with it. That's good. good. Amen. That. Anybody else have any comments? Yes, Carol. I love it in verse 19 where it talks about the love of Christ which passes knowledge. It reminds me of in Philippians 4, 7 where it talks about that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will, will guard us. So I, I think about that love that he manifests to us there and it says to know the love of Christ. So I think we can experience the love of Christ but we're not ever going to fully understand the love of Christ. Amen. That's good. Anyone else have anything? All right. So uh, notice he starts out by I bow my knees. Uh, that's a good prayer position all right to get on our knees if we can as we get older it's kind of hard to get on your knees or get up again from your knees God understands that and really the Jews normally would pray standing up when they prayed and so in a sense he's just saying that I come humbly before the Lord and bowing my knees because that's that's a uh, position of humility, you know, and, and humbling ourselves. And uh, I know I, I'm usually sitting down when I'm praying myself because uh, 
those knees get kind of bulky after a while, you know. Or, but the main thing is to be in that humble position of prayer, you know, when we pray. And uh, we, we tend to pray, well, bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so. That's hard for God to answer because he already has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus, as, as uh, Paul mentioned there in one of his verses in Ephesians, that he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And we're seated already in Christ because if we're in Christ, we're, we're, we are where Christ is. And so he... Uh, we can be in heaven and on earth at the same time in that sense because in, we're in Christ and where Christ is, we're in. And uh, also we are, uh, our Christ is in us, which uh, Paul liked to emphasize too, how that that's the hope of glory, you know, the fact that Christ is living in us. And... Uh, that makes a whole difference than the way it was in the Old Testament also because they, they couldn't really experience Christ in them and because, for one thing, Christ had not been glorified yet. He said he had to be glorified before he could really dwell within us. And uh, so it's, of course, by the Spirit of Christ that he dwells in us, but it's still his presence that is there within us how beautiful that is and uh, so he he his prayer was not that they would just be blessed but that he would uh, pray he prayed that they would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man and that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and being rooted and grounded in love. Everything we do should be in that love because without love, we're just the clank, clanking symbols, as he said there in uh, Corinthians 13. And so it's, it's a good prayer, as Sherry was mentioning, to pray for others that away, that they'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height. There's so many dimensions, you know, of Christ that you can uh, uh, search for, and, and, and most of all, to know his love, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we could be filled with all the fullness of God. <coughs> and of course he gets all the glory unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end he just had to amen that <laughs> he said amen praise God and so that's a wonderful thing to realize that we can experience the fullness of Christ's love and uh, his love uh, Paul mentions in um, Romans 8, you know, that he said that who can separate us from the love of Christ? Neither height, depth, neither uh, all these things that he said will not be able to separate us from Christ's love. 
So that's a beautiful thing, too, to realize. And um, we can see in those verses that Paul was captivated by the greatness of God and the extent of his love, far more than could ever be thought of through the human imagination. Absolutely nothing is outside of his reach or beyond his power. Thus, no degree of sin can prevent him from having a relationship with a person when that person reaches out to him for redemption. <coughs> Someone has said, God loves us, always has, and always will. Ain't that true? Praise God. Sorry for that grammar mistake. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for your love, and we thank you that, that we can walk in your love and thank you for revealing these things to Paul where he could write them down and send them to the churches and we pray that you'll help us to just really get into your word more and to let you reveal your word unto us Lord and we praise you for it and be with the service that is to follow anoint every part of it lord anoint the singing and the worship and the preaching and every part and we thank you for it in jesus name amen remember if you're if you haven't voted be sure to vote tuesday amen especially yeah turn your clocks back oh i think i'll let mickey teach next <laughs> Oh, that's true. I'm thinking I'd lose an hour. I always get mixed up. <laughs> oh, all right. That sounds good then. <laughs> <laughs>